Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women. I'm Sue Tab, and today we have a guest we've been looking forward to having for several weeks now. She is a first-time published author and a personal friend. Her longtime dream of writing a novel has come to fruition, and we want to share her incredible journey. Sue Hilbury Thompson is the author of Trevor, a novel about a young boy who is being stalked by a delusional man who mistakes him for his late son. I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy. It is gripping, it's suspenseful, and it's tragic. I loved it. Sue joins us this morning. Welcome, Sue. Thank you very much for having me. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't realize this about you, but you have a lot of other hats that you wear as well. You are a sixth grade teacher. You're a mom of Mm -hmm. three young adult daughters. And you started writing this book when you were in your 20s. So what inspired you to get back to it after so many years? Um, That's a great question and one I used to get embarrassed about, but now I don't. My three daughters and my husband are all very much like independently driven. And I kind of took a note from them and said, if they can follow their dreams, I'm going to follow mine. So that and they kind of bugged me a little bit about it. They kept (laughs) saying, Ma, you have this book that you started. Are you going to finish it? Are you going to finish it? And after the kids got out of high school and I had some time and kind of, I guess, confidence, I just started finishing it. Yeah. And then it happened. (laughs) And I love that you said, you know, you looked around you and you saw your daughters and you saw your husband following their dreams. And I think as mothers, a lot of times we have the tendency to be nurturers and to help our family members or our partners or our kids achieve their dreams. And we forget that Mm -hmm. we can have dreams too. Exactly. Right. Talk a little bit for people who might be interested in reading. Again, the book's called Trevor. Talk a little bit about the plot, of course, without giving too much away. But what gave you the inspiration for the story? Um, The inspiration is kind of hard for me to pinpoint. But basically, I wanted to tell a story that had a a quote-unquote villain who you couldn't help but feel for because of his tragic circumstance. So Mm -hmm. in this book, Matt Stone lost his wife early on in a, a home invasion when his son Tommy was, I would like, six weeks old. Then he and his son try to pick up the pieces, and he accidentally 
shoots his own son later. And that, of course, leads to a lot of anxiety and stress and trauma. He decides to leave his hometown in North Carolina, go north to try to reinvent himself, start again, and one day just sees this little boy who is the spitting image of his son, which brings it all back, and he starts to stalk this little boy and needs to have him back. So the story is about how Trevor, this little boy that Matt saw, is being protected by his family and friends and how they try to keep him safe in the story about how Matt stalks him and tries to get him and what his family and friends do to help him. You know what kind of struck me as I was reading it is um, it's about parental love in two ways. On the one hand, you have the tremendous parental love of the parents of Trevor who are trying to protect him. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, like you said, the villain who we actually feel for is somebody who is feeling extreme parental love because of the guilt he has about his son. And he is chasing this boy because he wants so desperately to hold on to his son, Tommy, who passed away. And so it really right. is a story to me about the, the strength um, and of parental love and, and what that can do to a person. Well, family's been really important to me and to many people. It's a universal um, universal feeling. So with it, in the characters, if you know me, you will see some similarities. You know, Jessie, which is Trevor's mom, lost her parents young. And there's a reference to that. I lost my parents fairly young, too. So that struggle of raising your own children without your parents around. Yeah. And then kind of how she leans on the people in her life and how they step up to help her but she's constantly thinking about them. Like I drop those nuggets in and those things that I used to think of or still do think about with my mom and dad. Um, what would they do? How would they handle this? And then the same thing in terms of Trevor, not Trevor, I apologize, Matt wanting to be there for his son in a way that he couldn't be anymore. So how, you know, I've always wondered this because I've never been a writer of fiction. Um, how do you write? Is it sequentially like you write one <laughs> chapter after the other chapter or are you jotting down thoughts and then trying to piece it all together later? I have the general idea for me. This is how I do it. I have the general idea. And then that idea changes over time, kind of where it's like taking a long walk in the woods and you see a new path and you go off of it. And sometimes that path leads you someplace great and other places it's a dead end and you have to come back. So really, I kind of just let the story unfold. And I brought in characters that made sense at the time Mm -hmm. to add like a levity to what could be kind of a bummer of a situation. So I really don't have a grand plan. I think I should, but I don't. (laughs) Well, (laughs) whatever you're doing seems to be working because it's it's an incredible story. When do you you write? A lot of writers, I think, have to carve out a specific time in their day that they Mm -hmm. write, especially if they're busy. And you are. You're a sixth grade teacher. You have a husband, you have three kids. Do you set aside time to write? Like, are you better in the morning or at night? How do you do it? I'm definitely a night owl. But I think the fact that the girls were all in college or out of high school when I started, kind of like really going at it, I think that helped because they weren't, I don't even want to say distraction because that doesn't sound fair to them. But I didn't have any other excuses not to write. I had Mm -hmm. the time after school Um, after everyone was in bed. Plus, I have summers off. 
So that, as a teacher, that, that's a real big window that I was able to take advantage, advantage of. You use the name S. Hilbrey Thompson on your book, um, S. obviously yes. for Sue, Hilbrey Thompson. Explain the significance of Hilbrey. So my mother's mom passed away when she was very young, when my mom was very young. So her name was Hilbrey, Hilbrey Tenkeri. And my mom had always wanted to keep that name alive and gave it to me as a middle name. So one of the things that I did promise my mom before she passed away is that I would write a book. So it just kind of seemed natural to you know use my S. Hilbury as my name. Right. Also, growing up, there was more than one Sue Moore. Sue Moore is my maiden name in high school. So I went by S. Hilbury in high school. So oh, I was kind of I didn't know that about kind you. Of, okay. Yeah. So it was kind of just a a way to bring it back, honor my mom, and it was something I had done before anyhow, so. Right, and it also makes you stand out. It's a, it's a different name, so I love that. <laughs> no one knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> That's okay. Hilbury, I'm saying it. Talk <laughs> a little bit about the process of getting published, because it's not easy. Um, how did you no. get an editor, a publisher? Just sort of quickly go through the timeline, because other people listening may need some information. So um, one of the things is I did is I contacted a friend of mine who had published through Wild Rose Press, and I asked her what, what her process was. She gave me some ideas, some outlines of how long the book should be, query letters and things like that. And I hit a little bit of a dead end there. And Dave, my husband, gave, this sounds weird, but gave me an editor for Christmas, gave, um, hired an editor that would take a look at my novel and oh, give me awesome. advice. So that was about two and a half to three years ago now. And she gave me a lot of advice. It was good advice. I had to make a lot of changes. Um, went through three or four major edits. Then we, it was ready for it to be given to the publishers. And I was very lucky that the first publisher picked it up. And it sounds like, too, you know, you also were open to the constructive criticism of the editor and to making the changes that she proposed. And I would imagine mm -hmm. that that helped in your success. It definitely did. It's very humbling. And when I am talking to my sixth graders, I remind them that, hey, you know, Mrs. Thompson had to take 30,000 words out of her book. Wait, so, did you really? 30,000? Yeah. <laughs> 30,000. I tend to be a bit wordy. Wow. Um, but I also thought it had to be longer in order for it to be considered. But I was wrong on that. And that was one thing that they told me. So it's humbling. Really, that's like a big word I, I keep coming back to because to think of getting rid of something you spent hours writing yeah. is hard. But yeah. when I look at the finished piece and what um, my editor did for me, Alicia Dean, she really did help me bring it to something that was marketable as opposed to something that was just a hobby. If you are just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we are talking to Sue Hilbury Thompson. She is a mother, she's a sixth grade teacher, and she's now a published author. Her first novel, Trevor, is now out and available on Amazon and several other platforms under the name S. Hilbury Thompson. We've been talking to Sue about the journey to this day, her perseverance, the support from her family, all of it leading to reaching a longtime goal. Let's get back to our conversation. What does it feel like, because I have never published a book, so I have to ask you this question. What does it feel like to see your inner thoughts, your story, your characters come to life in the form of a book? Um, I'm going to come back to humbling. It's <laughs> humbling and exciting and is it scary much, because now you're yeah. <laughs> sharing this with the rest of the world yeah there's no more hiding behind anything 
Yeah. And I'm also wondering if people are going to get it the way I intended it to be. Mm-hmm. And for the few people who have had an advanced copy and had to read it, they know me. So they already catch those little things that I've kind of slipped in there from my family, my friends, my experiences. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that those are as universal as I think. Yeah, I are. picked up on the Diet Cokes, the reporter. <laughs> Diet Coke, yep. I know somebody who, who likes breakfast. Diet Coke quite a bit. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and I know your family is very proud of you. What kind of reaction did they have to the news that your book was getting published? Um, I know from social media that your daughters are super proud of you, your husband. Mm-hmm. And what I love about your journey is that it underscores the fact that it's never too late to chase a dream. And it's great that they see you doing this. I know that they're really proud of me. They've told me. I can see it in their faces and, as as you said, social media. But just knowing that I was a role model for them in this, and actually they were role models for me as well, if that makes any sense. So we were just kind of talking about it, and we kind of laughed, like, wow, it actually happened. (laughs) You know, you've been talking about this, you've been talking about this. So I think it's just kind of, it would have been impossible without my family. It really would have been. Yeah. Well, we all need a support system. And I think um, writing, especially because writing can be a very lonely thing. You know, you're kind of tucked away in a room somewhere. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be hard to get motivated. You can get stuck. So I think you really need sort of a group of cheerleaders to keep you going, I would imagine, right? Yeah. And I had a good one. So I was lucky. Anything you wish your younger self knew? I mean, was there a benefit to maybe finishing the book later in your life because you had more life experience? I think also I had more experience just accepting criticism and and not seeing all criticism as bad. You know, there was constructive criticism, but I also think I needed I needed some time for me to mature. I needed some time for me to understand that it wasn't going to be perfect the first time around. And I don't think my younger self would have gotten that. I would have taken the rejection and I would have hidden. Yeah. (laughs) So And said, oh, I'm not any good at this instead of I'm good at this, but it just needs a couple more iterations. Yeah. And the word yet, you know, there was more to do. I wasn't good enough yet, but now this one is and the next one hopefully will be better. Well, that was my next question. Is there a follow-up to this book, or are you working on something entirely different? Um, I had started a couple of different books. One of them involves two of the characters in Trevor, um, Karen and Joe. Karen is a reporter who is following the story from North Carolina up to New Hampshire. And she wants to solve the crime that kind of started it all, the home invasion that killed Matt's wife. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with that book. Joe and Cameron go down to North Carolina and they start to solve the cold case. So this time, are you going to be out? We don't have to wait 20 years to get the next book, do we? (laughs) I hope not. I hope not. I've got summer coming. So I'm going to set myself some goals and, and try to stick to it. Who are your role models through all of this? Who have you learned from? You like to read. Do you have favorite authors or people that you aspire to be like? I do. Yeah. I, my role models, again, come through my family. My mom and dad, they were hard workers. They, um, my mom was a huge reader. She supported us, like, nonstop. It was crazy. But then my, my family, Dave, he, his whole family are entrepreneurs. They all have started their own businesses and followed their dream. But my writing or reading mo- role models, rather, um, 
anyone, Sue Grafton, Stephen King, young authors, um, Jennifer Nielsen, she does historical fiction, um, John Grisham, all of those people who can take characters and make them lifelike and create a story that you can't put down. So all those people are people I want to be like. I know that you're you're doing some book signings coming up. I mean, is <laughs> yeah. It would be great, too, to go out and do some book readings and things like that. Do you see that in your future, to go out and speak a little bit about your characters? I want to set those up. In the the era of COVID, it's a little tricky. Right. And I've never done that before. So that's another big step I have to get over myself with (laughs) and get out there and do that. So we're going to try it. We're going to try it. We're going to see how the book signing party goes and make adjustments as we need to. That's a good plan. And I am attending the first book signing party. And by the way, I already have my... My book, Trevor, um, on order, and I just got an update from Amazon that it will be arriving on Saturday, so that's pretty exciting. I mean, even for me as, you know, I used to work with your husband, so we were colleagues, and then our Mm -hmm. kids are friends, and we've become personal friends, but I admire you so much for what you have done. It's, it's been a, you've been a role model to me because I've always wanted to publish a book. Mine would be nonfiction, but I look at you and I say, well, She's as busy as anybody because I'm always so, oh, I'm busy and I hide behind all of these excuses. And you're a great example to others like me that you just have to put your head down and get back to it and put yourself, you know, make yourself a priority, make your goals a priority. And you can, in fact, do it. So I want to thank you. And I'm sure other people listening are nodding their head going, yeah, I've had this thing on the back burner for 100 years, but it's time now to pay attention again. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate the nice words and the encouragement that you give me along the way. (laughs) What do your students think? Uh, We mentioned that you're a sixth grade teacher. Yep. What do your students think about you becoming an author? They think it's pretty cool, you know, and, I, and I've let them know, but more as a learning experience, like guys, editing, it, you're never done editing. Like I still look at the book and I find things that I want to change. So basically I, I've used it as an example. They want to read it, which is exciting for an ELA teacher to hear, but it is a little too old for them. So I, I was going to say sixth them, grade, yeah. what would you say the the age for the book is, you know, from like young probably adult to, high school. Yeah, yeah. Later high school, you know, there is a scene about a home invasion and, you know, someone does stalk somebody and that can be scary stuff for little kids. So right. really something for the older high school kid and adults. What has the reaction been from people that have read it? You know, what kind of things are you yeah. hearing? So far, very positive. Everyone's been very kind. Uh, a couple people surprised. <laughs> they, the ones who know me have said, oh, my gosh, you are, I hear your voice. And that, to me, is very flattering. The reaction has all been positive, And it's very affirming, reaffirming for me to go and start the second novel and get that one out there. Tell everyone a little bit about how they can get your book, uh, how they connect with you on social media. All that kind of stuff, because everybody listening now wants to read Trevor. Thank you. Um, so I'm on Facebook under S. Hilbury Thompson. Also, I have a website, shilburythompson.com. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Those, book, um, those websites have links to my book, and you can order it through there, or you can get it through my website. What My final question, because we're almost out of time, what are you most proud of about this process, and what's been most challenging? 
the challenging is accepting, I think, the the feedback, the good and the bad, you know, the, yeah. the stuff from my, my editor that said, nah, get rid of that. But I think just it's an overwhelming sense of I finally did it. Mm-hmm. I can do hard things. And that's a message I try to give to my daughters and to my students. So I can do this and it, it's done. And now too. Yeah. <laughs> Got to take the next book. And it's and a lot of that. work. I mean, it's it, yeah. It, it, writing a book is not something you can do in a week or a month. And there's a huge process can. to it. And then you have to, once yeah. it's written, as you're going through now, you have to promote the book and market the book and yeah. talk about the book. And so it's a, a very long process. And I think it can get a little scary for people. But you're right. I love like I can do hard things. I think that's awesome. That's yeah. the mantra. It's a, it's a simple message, but it's it's important. Yeah. And I was going to ask you what mantra you live by. And I, I, I'm going to say it's that I can do hard things. And I so can so. other people. Right. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's a good one, I think. And it wasn't my original idea. Obviously, someone else said it to me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sue. It has been such a pleasure talking talking with you about your first book and the journey leading up to this moment. We absolutely know, we are confident that you're going to have continued success. Congratulations. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank you to first-time author Sue Hilbury-Thompson for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we are always interested in talking with your neighbors and coworkers and friends who are quietly making an impact out in their communities. Thanks to my co-host and producer, Kendra Petroni. Connect with us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.